the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done, great, uh, done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath hoped in his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. These verses we have read tonight, I, I want to give this a brief introduction leading up to my thought. In verses 39 and 40, I want us to note the activity of Mary. The Bible tells us uh, that after the angel came to her that we looked at the other Sunday morning when Gabriel came and told her that she would have uh, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, upon hearing this information, she goes into the city of Judah. Now, here in the New Testament, it is spelled J-U-D-A. But don't let that throw you off. It is the same town as the Old Testament Judah spelled J-U-D-A-H. It's just a little different spelling, but it is the same place. And, of course, Judah means house of praise. It means a place where praise dwells. And so Mary goes down there, and she goes uh, to see her cousin Elizabeth. And I thought about this. Saved people ought to enjoy being around other saved people. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't fit in uh, with the lost crowd in this world. In fact, the longer I live, the more that, that I'm around, the less I fit in with this world. That doesn't mean I still don't have temptations and I still don't have uh, desires of the flesh that are wicked. But I'm going to identify with this crowd tonight. Amen. And I'm glad that, that we are, my spirit uh, bears witness to your spirit if you're saved. And I understand. And we're going to say, there's the, let me get to my outline, the activity of Mary. But then verses 41 and 44, the effect of Mary. Now here's what I noticed about this. When Mary goes uh, to see Elizabeth, the Bible said that she saluted her. That don't mean she done like this. Uh, that meant it was a greeting, okay? That meant she was saying hello. And the Bible says uh, that when Mary saluted, when she greeted Elizabeth, that John the Baptist, who was in Elizabeth's womb, she's six months pregnant at this time. The Bible said the babe leaped in her womb for joy. You know what? If you're saved by the grace of God, you ought to bring joy uh, to another believer's life. Amen. Why? Because you got Jesus on the inside of you, and if they're saved, they've got Jesus on the inside of them, and there ought to be something that hooks up and connects. I tell you, the Lord lets me travel a little bit, but the richer you are going to, y'all have already got a taste of this, and you will as you travel, but you're going to go in churches oh, where you don't know anybody, you don't know their names, you're just there, but you, you'll know right off if they know him or not, amen. I tell you, I've been places well, where it's, the pastor 
didn't know me just heard me preach somewhere and called me and I walked in. But you know what I found? I found members of the family uh, that I hadn't met yet. Why? Because there was something in me uh, that was hooking up with something uh, that was inside of them. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad for that kinship that we have tonight in the Lord Jesus Christ. This verse also teaches us practically that life does begin at conception. It doesn't, it, life don't begin when the baby's born. When that, when John heard Mary say, hello, if she was from the south side of Bethlehem or Nazareth, how y'all doing? Amen. Uh, somebody said, how do you know? You know, in Tennessee, you can tell somebody's from East Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, or West Tennessee. If they're from East Tennessee, they'll say thank you. If they're from Middle Tennessee, they'll say thank you. And if they're from West Tennessee, they'll say, thank you, thank you very much. But you'll get that after a while. Uh, I don't know how she greeted a little... Some of y'all get that in a little while. I don't know how she greeted, but whatever it was, John liked it and he heard it. That tells me they can't hear. They can't hear. John heard that and the Bible said he leaped. Mary Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. There is the uh, activity of Mary, the, the effect of Mary. Verse 45, the assurance of Mary. You know what Elizabeth says? She says, uh, that babe leaped in my womb, and blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. She's saying, Mary, uh, when, boy, when you greeted me, uh, the baby uh, leaped in my womb, and, and, and I want you to know, Mary, that whatever God told you he was going to do, he's going to do it. Now, I think Elizabeth had a little inclination what was going on. Because in verse number 43, And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Apparently she's a picking up on something. Apparently that angel gave her some information about her cousin Mary. I don't know how all that worked out. Maybe just maybe Elizabeth knew. I don't know. I know she's filled with the Holy Ghost. And maybe God gave her some spiritual insight. Uh, but here's the point I want to make. Uh, Mary, Mary believed what Gabriel said. She believed it. That Jesus is already living on the inside of her. She believes that. But I'll tell you what Elizabeth did. She confirmed what God had already said. And I'm thankful for those times I've been at the house of God. I know this Bible is true. Amen. I know it's right. But I'll tell you what it does. It helps me to hear one of God's children stand up and testify and say, you know what? I God showed me this in the Word. This is true. They'll testify about God's faithfulness. They'll testify about God's goodness. And it'll give me assurance that I'm not the only one that believes this way but God's word is true that's why corporate worship is so important you know we are likened in the Bible to sheep Sheep are very social animals. They're very dumb animals, but they're social animals and, and we are likened to those sheep why we need one another I was, I was riding down the road today and I rode by a church and on their sign, had on their sign, I, I mean, I won't tell you where it's at, but it's over there. Uh, but it said 9.30 on Sunday morning and 10.30 on Sunday morning. That was it. And I thought to myself, what a waste of a perfectly good building to use it for two hours a week. Uh, I, I, amen. Now, I ain't talking about you got to preach for seven hours either. That ain't what I'm talking about. Uh, but no Sunday night, no Wednesday night, uh, nothing like that. I tell you, uh, the Bible did not say uh, so much the less as you see the day approaching. It said so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. We don't need less church in this day. We don't need less preaching. We need so much the more. 
the assurance, the activity, the effect. But I'm interested tonight in verses 46 through 56 quickly, the adoration of Mary. I love verse 46 and verse 47. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. I want to preach in that little phrase tonight in verse 46 for just a few more moments. Oh, my soul doth magnify the Lord. Now, I was reading this a few months ago, and I wrote some things down. You know, we are made up of body, soul, and spirit. You understand that tonight. That's what, that we are a trinity. We are a triune being. We have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. And you know what Mary has done in verse 46 and verse 47? Now, watch your Bible. you got to see it. She is praising God with all three of her beings. Here's her body. And Mary said... You can't talk without your mouth. She, so she is bearing witness with her body. Then, that's her body, then my soul doth magnify the Lord, verse 47, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Here's what Mary's doing. When she's magnifying the Lord, she is doing it with everything within her. She is doing it with her body, with her soul, and her spirit. Sounds like this to me, Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and most or half part, no, all that is within me, bless His holy name. I want if we come in on Sunday, if we would sing with everything within us what our singing would sound like. I wonder if I come in Sunday and I preach with everything that is within me. I wonder what kind of preaching we would have. I wonder if we would worship, if we would praise God with our body, with our soul, with our spirit. Oh, we wouldn't hold it. Anybody listen to me? Oh, we wouldn't hold anything back. Oh, we wouldn't be worried about pride or ego or precedence. Oh, but we'd worship God with our body by saying amen. Man, how we worship Him uh, with our soul by communing uh, with the Spirit of God, with our spirit by communing in worship. We ought to give Him everything we have. I tell you, He gave us everything He had uh, when He went to Calvary and He suffered and He bled and He died. No wonder Mary said, by the way, He's not done anything yet, uh, but she's already said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And I thought about this in this magnifying. What is the definition of magnifying the Lord? Well, the word magnify, if you look it up in a dictionary, it means to make great in representation, to, ex to exalt, to extol, to elevate. Now, when I read that word magnify, you know what I think of? A magnifying glass. I mean, you ain't lived until you took a magnifying glass, got it in the sun, and tried to melt an army man. Somebody help me, all right? I, or, or your brother's head, either one of them. Uh, but you get that magnifying glass. If I had that magnifying glass tonight, and I was, I was to put it on, on the pages of this Bible, uh, that's very small print, uh, if I was to do that, that magnifying glass wouldn't make my Bible any bigger than what it is. Are you hearing me? It wouldn't, it wouldn't make the Bible bigger. It, it, ha, it don't, amen. It don't have the power to make it bigger. But here's what that magnifying glass has the power to do. It has the power to make it look bigger in my eyes. You ain't gonna make God bigger than what He is. In fact, His right hand, just His right hand, has spanned the heavens. That means He's right-handed, brother Eric. His right hand has spanned the heavens. You ain't gonna make Him any bigger. But I tell you what, you do when you magnify Him, you make Him look bigger to you. 
You make Him greater in your life. You elevate Him in your life. You lift Him up in your life. You lift Him above your problems, above your pride, above other people, above other places. There ought to be nobody higher than Jesus in our life. And may God help us in these days to do as Mary did in our text and say, My soul doth magnify the Lord. The definition of magnify. But then the demonstration of magnifying. I've already dealt with that. She's done with body and soul and spirit. But I'm interested in for the rest of my time tonight in the details of her magnifying the Lord. This verses 46 through 55 of what is called the magnificent. Not magnificent, but the magnificent. And what it is, it is a song. It is a psalm. It is a hymn that Mary begins to recite. Many Old Testament verses are referenced in these verses as well as the song of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 2 uh, when she took Samuel back to the house of God. And I believe in reading these verses very quickly tonight. I'll be done in just a moment. But I believe we can see three reasons in these verses tonight why we ought to magnify uh, the Lord. First of all, in verses 47 and verse 48, I notice His grace that saved me. Why should I magnify the Lord? Why should I lift up the Lord? His grace that saved me. Now, Brother Wells done a wonderful job and done a detailed job our Sunday night to explain to us uh, that Mary had to be saved uh, just like you and I have to be saved. Just because she is the vessel uh, that God used to bring His Son into the world doesn't mean she was automatically saved. She still had to place faith in God. Amen. And I we don't know when she done that, but I believe she done that long before Gabriel ever showed up uh, to that. Why would the Lord pick somebody that didn't believe Him to bring his son into the world. Are you hearing me tonight? And so she saved. So don't let that bother you that you can't remember the day you got saved because we don't know what day Mary got saved. But we do know she got saved. Amen. So what is this about her conversion? Well, we notice in her conversion that God was prominent. Look at verse 46 and verse 47. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God. You know what she did? She admitted that he was God and that he was Lord. Now, she did not make him God, and she did not make him Lord because he already was. But here's what she did. Here's what every sinner has to do. They have to see themselves as a sinner. And they have to come to God and realize, I'm a sinner and you're the Savior. That's exactly what Mary's done in our text. She has admitted who she was and who he is tonight. Amen. Check that door, Eric. And so he is prominent in our text. But then in our text in verse 47, he is personal. She said, my spirit hath rejoiced in God. Watch these two words now. My Savior. He ain't even got here yet. He's still there. He is still in his mother's womb. He hadn't got there yet. But she already says he's my Savior. He's my God. He is my Lord. Aren't you glad tonight he's yours? Amen. That, that, that Shunammite woman over there in the book of Song of Solomon, she said, I am my beloved's and he is mine. I belong to him and he belongs to me. Bible said we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I'm so glad he is my Savior. Especially the way you should 
shouldn't say he is yours because you belong to him. Well, it didn't stop Mary in our text, amen. She said, he's mine. I claim him. He is my personal Savior. I want to remind us even on a Wednesday night uh, that your salvation cannot be based on somebody else, but you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ yourself. He is prominent. He is personal. Verse 48, he is perceptive. For he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. That word regarded, real deep now, it means to turn the eyes upon. Here's what Mary said. Mary said, I was a lowest state. But he looked at me. He turned his eyes on me. And he looked beyond my faults. That's what she's saying in this text. He looked beyond my faults. And he sought. No wonder she said, my soul does magnify the Lord. I tell you, honey, you want to quit having dead church? You remember what you was when God found you. You ought to look at what you are now. Even if you are saved, how sorry you've been, how unfaithful you've been. And remember how good he is and how faithful he is. It'll make a difference in church. Some of you come in and you sit on like a bump on a log and it takes you three weeks for you to start saying amen again or singing a song or even smiling. God, help your sorry soul. Oh, we ought to come in and say, I don't matter what kind of week I've had. It don't matter how I feel. He is worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my adoration. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Why well, I'm waiting on something good to happen. It done happened. What are you waiting on, Bubba? It's already happened. He is perceptive. He is producing. Verse 48, For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Now, I love that little word, henceforth. Here's what that means. It means God has made such a difference in my life that I am now living a henceforth life. Because of that day, I'm living different every other day. Aren't you glad for that day when henceforth happened in your life? And now people look at your life and say, God's been good to that old boy. God's been good to that old gal. I say, God's done something. I don't understand it all. I don't comprehend it all. But they are different. She said that others would look at her life and say, the Lord has blessed her. Can anybody see a difference in your life or you just fit in with everybody else? And the Bible teaches us he made a change. He produced something. Why should we magnify the Lord? His grace that saved me. Look at verse 49 and 50. His goodness that sustains me. His grace that saved me, but his goodness that sustains me. We note in verse 49, his ministry. Look at verse 49. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things. Has God done anything great in your life? Has God done anything in your life? Apart, I mean, salvation, wow. He took all your sin off of you. And he put it on his son. And he took the righteousness of his son. And he put it on you. But Jesus is just as righteous as he's always been. Oh, but now you have the righteousness of God in your heart. How about you? That's a great thing. God done anything great to you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can tell it. You like some of them preachers I preach for and preach with? Man, they'll sit there like a wooden any while you preach. But when they get up to preach, they want you to tear the house down. 
Makes it all about them. Makes them want to lift you up. I tell you tonight, it's not about me. It's not about you. Oh, God has done. If we sing the song to God, be the glory. Great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. I love this time of year. I love the Christmas season except for silent night. Somebody help me. I love this time of year. I love all of that. Oh, but it's not about trees. And it's not about fat men in red suits. It's not about Frosty. It's not about Rudolph or Leroy. It's about Jesus Christ who came and was born of a virgin. Not just so he could stay in a manger. That's where the world wants to keep him. Oh, but he grew up and got out of that manger. And he lived a sinless life for 33 and a half years. He crawled up in Calvary's hill. And he gave himself a willing sacrifice. And he got up on the third day. And he ever lives to make intercession for us. He has done great things. Great things. Yeah, he has. He's done great things. I don't know what you're so excited about. No, he's done great things. That family sitting next to you tonight, is that not a great thing? That home you have tonight, is not, not a great thing? Is the life God's given you, is it not a great thing? Great things he hath done to me. My soul doth magnify the Lord. His ministry, his mark, look at verse 49, and holy is his name. The reason I use the word Mark is because it starts with the letter M. But God, one of His attributes tonight is not just holiness. But holiness is His essence. That's a big term. Here's what that means. It's not what He does. It's who He is. An attribute is something that produces forth. But essence means that's just who He is. I've said over and over again, but the angels are not flying around the throne tonight saying love, love, love. They're flying around the throne tonight saying holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. His ministry, His mark, His mercy, verse 50. And His mercy is on them that fear Him. uh, Fear His. uh, And His mercy, uh, verse number 50, I'm going to read it right. Uh, Verse number 50, and His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. This verse speaks of fear and reverence toward God. If you want mercy, you better humble yourself. Well, I deserve mercy. Don't nobody deserve mercy. You know, throughout the Word of God, it, you know, that verse says it, 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 His mercy is on them that fear Him from generation to generation. You know, it, it's speaking about that it endures. Throughout the Word of God, you'll find this little phrase, endureth forever. Endureth forever. Psalm 111, verse 3, we find that the Lord's righteousness endures forever. Psalm 111, verse 10, His praise endureth forever. Psalm 117, verse 2, the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Psalm 119, 160, every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Psalm 135, 13 says, Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever. 1 Peter 1, 25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. There are several things. But you know, in Psalm 136, 26 times in Psalm 136, you know what it says? His mercy endureth forever. 43 times in the Bible you'll find that phrase. His mercy endureth forever. You better thank God it does. You and I have done enough today to deserve to go to hell. I don't think I have, preacher. You're a liar, so there you go. The preacher told us Sunday that the thought of foolishness is sin. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is. So we've all done enough today to go to hell. 
but his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Fact is, new this morning when I got up, and when I get up in the morning, it'll be new again. His grace that saved me, his goodness that sustains me. Verse 51 through 55, his guarantees that settle me. We notice his power in verse 51 and 52. He had showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. You know how he done that? With his arm. When I read that, I thought about who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. That arm pictures strength. That arm, it pictures sufficiency. Remember over there in the book of Exodus, in Exodus 29, when it talks about that shoulder, that arm of the offering, they were to wave it and heave it before the Lord. You know, they'd take that shoulder of that animal, and they would wave it, and then they'd heave it. And they'd wave it, and then they'd heave it. They'd, 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 they'd wave it. And then they'd heave it. Ain't that interesting? It makes a cross. Amen. Amen. I'm just telling you, that arm speaks of that. But that arm speaks of support. That's what that shepherd did when he found that little lamb that was lost. He left it on his shoulders. The Bible talks about the government rests on his shoulder. That other shoulder is freed up for you and I tonight. His power, verse 53, his provision. He hath filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he hath sent empty away boy it feels like in this world sometimes that the rich the are prospering in the world Asa felt like that in Psalm 73 he said the wicked are prospering I'm over here about to die somebody help me you know what I'm talking about I mean you're trying to tithe give the missions live for God and it seems like you're all your all your friends and neighbors that don't tithe don't give a mission even people that don't don't go to, that go to church and they don't give seem like they don't have any problems but their payday's coming one day and God said he's going to take care of the hungry. Aren't you glad there's not a, me- a need that I've ever had that God's not met? Which means there'll never be a need that I have that God will not meet. His passion, verse 54. He hath hoping his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Now, I'm at 26 minutes and 751. I'm about done. I use, I use obviously an iPad when I preach. And uh, I copy and paste a lot. The reason I do that is because... Uh, I can't read it if I write it. Amen. Brother Richie, he's got, he's got good handwriting, but it's so small you can't read what it says. you got to have a magnifying glass. And, and so the only reason I said that because he laughed at me. Uh, so I, I copy and paste off a Bible app. When I, I was working on this yesterday, I copy and pasted my verse over, and I looked on my King James Bible app, and it changed a word on me. And i got to change Bible apps now, and thank God it didn't go in my book that way. But it changed this word hoping to help. It's two different words. You know how I know they're different? They're spelt different. Ain't, ain't y'all impressed? That word hoping, you look, it's not a word we use, but it means to lay hold of, to hold fast, to not let go. You know what Mary's saying? He's holding on to Israel. He's going to hold on to me. Somebody said, you better hold on to Jesus. I ain't got to. He's holding on to me. He is hoping his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And there, verse 55, there's his proof. As he spake to our fathers Abraham and to his seed forever. You know why Mary found comfort in this? 
Because what he had spoken to Abraham had come true. What he had spoken to the early fathers in Israel had come true. And she believed that what God had told her about her having this baby who would be named Jesus would be true. There's her return in verse 56. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. When we consider these concepts, these thoughts tonight, we should, it should cause us to do as Mary. We consider the grace that saved us, the goodness that sustains us, and His guarantees. This Bible is so, full of so many guarantees that settles us. You know what it should cause us to do? It should cause us to magnify the Lord with our body, our soul, and our spirit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Magnify the Lord with me and let us, that's a corporate call, let us exalt His name together. I'm going to say this tonight and we're going to pray and go home. You ought not come to church to see what somebody else is going to do. You ought not come to church and say, boy, I hope the preacher gets wound up today because it might be the day that I'm tired. You ought not come to church and say, well, I hope, boy, I hope somebody shouts today. I hope Brother Richie's tuned up. I hope... I hope uh, Brother Tony shouts. I hope Brother Charles. No, 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 no. You ought to come in. If you want to shout in church, you ought to say amen. Some of y'all need to quit mumbling when you sing. You sound like mush mouth off a of fat Albert. Somebody help me. I'm serious now. That gets on my nerves. And when I stop singing, my wife starts singing. It's hearing y'all. That's what y'all sound like. I hope you're happy. You ought to sing out. Lift your voice. Well, I'm not a good singer. I ain't never stopped Brother Richie. <laughs> Amen. Just sing out. Amen. Lift your voice out. Don't be ashamed. When you get in the choir, you ought to sing out. When we have congregation, you ought to sing out. When we preach and we, when we testify, you ought to say amen. Why? Because he's worthy tonight. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our adoration. I know we're laughing and kidding tonight, but we ought to never come to church and not give our all when we sing. You know, I... I think about preaching, and there's some times where I just want to kind of tone it down a little bit. But then I'll see, I'll see some of my heroes that are up in their 80s now, and they used to run all over the place, and they'd preach like fork and lightning, and physically, they're just not able to do that anymore. There's not, I, oh, oh, I, I love Brother Langston. I mean, and Brother Langston, it's still in him. Lord, it's still in him. But he's just not able to run around back and forth like he used to. You know what makes me want to do? It makes me want to sure, make sure that I'm giving it everything I've got when I preach. And I'm not, I'm not just trying to get by to the next service and get by to the next song and get, just get by. No, I just don't want to get by. I want to do as Mary did. Magnify the Lord with my body, my soul, and my spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Brother Matthew, come play a verse of invitation. I'm, maybe you need to come pray tonight. Maybe God's challenged you about your worship, your praise, magnifying the Lord. Maybe you've been half-hearted in your singing.